remain standing for the word of God today I want to read this scripture for you because we got a word today we have an amazing word from God today found in Luke chapter 10 verse 38 the word of God says as Jesus and his disciples were on their way he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Martha was distracted by all these preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? What a question. Don't you care? My sister has left me to do all the work by myself. Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You're worried, you're upset about many things. I wonder if that's you this morning. You're worried and you're upset about many things. One more time, you're worried, you're upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen what is better. It will not be taken away from her. Don't let it be taken away from you. The amazing opportunity to serve and be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to speak to you this morning on an interesting subject. I titled this message, Pull Yourself Together. As we conclude our series, it's just a phase. Pull yourself together. Come on, turn to your neighbor right now and tell him, pull yourself together. Pull yourself together. You're worried, you're upset about many things. Pull yourself together. Come on, say it one more time with them. All around the room, punch a few people if you have to. Pull yourself together. And let's pray for the word of God. Father, bless this word in the name of Jesus, Father. There's a lot of us here this morning, God, that are in the presence, but we don't feel it. Because we're so caught up, we're so worried and upset. And Father, only one thing matters, and we have forgotten that, and that is you. Father, there's a lot of people here that need to pull themselves back together. Because life is pulling them apart. Bless this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, you guys ready for the word of God today? It's just a phase. And I'll explain what this phase we're going to get into. I'm going to get into this a little later. But when I read this scripture in Luke chapter 10, the word of God says that Jesus came to the village And it wasn't that he went to Martha's house. That's what we think. But read it closely. The Bible says, and Martha opened her home to him. So it was an invite, not an intrusion. Some of you have those friends that intrude. And some of you have those friends you invite. So this was not an intrusion. This was an invitation. So she invites Jesus over her house and she's all excited because she gets word that Jesus is in town, the same Jesus that raised her brother from the dead. So maybe I think in my mind it's a thank you party. I don't know what it is, but she's getting all the preparations, all the food, the pateles, everything together. She's getting it all together. She's excited. She's invited the neighborhood. Jesus is coming. The Jesus that raised my brother from the dead. Yeah, that Jesus, the one that I love, he's coming over and all she is on planet mode. What's so sad about this scripture is that as Jesus was in the house and Mary is at his feet and Jesus is teaching and Lazarus is there, 
after being dead for a few days. And it's an amazing moment. I mean, imagine if Jesus came over to your house, some of you would freak out because you had to hide some stuff. I know, I get you. But some of you would actually be excited. Jesus is coming over my house. And you invite your whole church. All the four fellowship goes over the house. And you're like, Pastor David, you got to come over. Jesus is leading Bible study today. And I'm excited. We all go. And you're nowhere to be found. Because you're mopping the floor. Cleaning the bathroom still. Do you get that picture in your mind? And Jesus is preaching... And what's sad to me about the scripture is that even though Jesus is in the house with her and he's in the present with her, she is upset. The Bible says she's worried. The Bible says that she is anxious, worried. She's frustrated. She's just, she's a hot mess. She's lost her joy. She has no peace. In fact, she's actually mad at Mary. And then she actually gets mad at Jesus. Don't you care? How many of you would agree that maybe Mary is fine. She's at the feet of Jesus. But how many would believe that Martha is the negative sibling? The negative sister? She's really negative here. Everyone is positive, worshiping, talking to Jesus. Just admiring this moment, and here comes Martha Killjoy, negative, fault-finding, blaming, pointing out the wrong. Do something about this, Jesus. She just kills the mood. How many of you know some mood killers? Come on. All right, if you don't know them, because you're the mood killer. You just kill the mood. You kill the vibe. She killed the vibe. Because I read this for what it is. Jesus is preaching. Everyone love one another. Jesus! Continue to forgive. Jesus! You must give to Jesus. What? You got to do something. My sister is inconsiderate. Look at her all happy. Worshipping. Do something about it. So now we see that Jesus is in the house. He's literally there, but she's upset. She's worried. She's frustrated. She's lost her joy. She has no peace. She's angry with Mary. She's angry with Jesus. She's killing the vibe. But here's the worst thing of all. You guys ready? Say ready. She's a Christian. Oh, yeah. She loves Jesus. She believes in Jesus. She knows he's the Messiah that came to die for our sins. She's a Christ follower. She's so Christian, she even quotes scriptures. This is amazing. But in John eleven twenty three to 24, Jesus said to her, this is Martha, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know. He will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. What a theologian. You know you're super Christian when you're quoting revelations and prophecies from Isaiah to Jesus himself. What a Christian. You're so Christian, you quote scriptures that Jesus wrote himself. And she says, I know. I know about the end times. I know the prophecies. Super Christian. Some of you aren't even that good. She's super That's what makes it worse. She's a Christian who loves Jesus, believes in him, quotes scriptures. But now she's entered this phase of being negative, fault finding, frustrated, angry, upset, worried. What a Christian, right? She's a Christian who loves Jesus, but in her home, she's a bad testimony. Because this was the time that people would have heard the gospel. This is the time that people would have heard Jesus and what he came for. 
But she's so caught up in the wrong thing, she's ruined this moment for others to hear the word of God. But sometimes you're so self-centered, you don't care about others, you care about yourself, that you become a bad testimony. See, Martha teaches me that it's possible to be a born-again, Bible-believing, saved, Christ-following, Scripture-quoting, church-going, ministry-serving, Christian, and still let your anger get the best of you. Can I get a witness? You can be a Christian who's frustrated. You're a frustrated Christian. You're a worried Christian. You're an upset Christian. What's worse is you're a fault-finding, blaming other Christians. Christian. She's so negative towards Mary. You know, the problem is, here's what I say. Martha, why Mary? Get someone else. The house is full. But see, sometimes you're so fleshly that you make one person your target. Oh, don't look at me like, what? What do you mean by that? No, you know what I'm talking about. She targeted Mary. She looked at Mary like, look at Mary. Little spiritual Mary. She's there with Jesus. She's smart. I hate her. Oh, she has a punch me face right now. That smile. She's always happy. Look at her in the feet of Jesus. She's so in. She doesn't focus on anyone else. She's just focused on Mary because I believe deep down inside she wants what Mary has. Rather than get to Mary's level, she tries to bring Mary down to her level, distracted, upset, and frustrated. See, the people that have no joy in their lives, they want company. And they want to drag you with them. But see, Martha is so caught up with Mary and Mary and it's Mary's fault and Mary this and Mary that. She is so in the flesh right now that this woman is literally in the presence of Jesus. And yet she has chosen to live a life of frustration and anger and negativity and fault-finding and blame. And she's lost all peace. She's lost all joy. But at least she's saved. Is that how you want to live your life? Do you want to say, I believe Jesus. I love Jesus. I'm on my way to heaven when I die. But I'm choosing to live a miserable life before then. This short time that I have on this earth, I vow to be a miserable person who makes other people miserable. I want to be upset all the time. I want to be negative all the time. I want to be the one that points out the wrong in everything. I want to point out the fault. I want to start the drama. I want to ruin the vibe. I want to kill the chemistry. I want to gossip. I want to slander. I want to be negative. And then I want to complain about my negativity. But praise Jesus, I'm glad I'm saved. It's no wonder no one else wants anything to do with Jesus because they've met you. And we are the model of what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus. Am I preaching truth this morning? Oh, it gets even more sad. Jesus looks at her and says, Mary's chosen right. So Martha, you're worried and you're upset. And that's all your choice. If you're upset and anxious and worried and discouraged and negative and depressed and angry all the time, can I tell you right now with love, it's your choosing. You've chosen that life. Because the same way you've chosen to be angry, you can choose joy today. The same way you've chosen to be anxious, you can choose peace. The same way that you have chosen Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is the same way you can choose to live in the promises that he died for. Don't blame society. 
Don't blame the government. Don't blame your life. Don't blame your past. Don't blame your family. Don't blame your pastor. Don't blame your church. Blame you, you, and by the way, you, because if you are frustrated, angry, worried, and upset, it is your choice. You have allowed yourself to choose that way of living. But the way, same way you've chosen yourself to get into that, you can choose today to get out of that life. Because I don't want you living like Martha. Jesus was literally in her house by invitation. See, if you're not careful, like Martha, you can invite Jesus into your life. You can denounce your sin. You can be born again and saved. But you can still choose by your own admission, by your own choice to live upset, worried, and frustrated all the time. It is your choice. And what's the tragic in this story is that she's literally at the presence of Jesus in her house and it has no effect on her. It is not that important to her. You know that you can enter this life with Jesus, that the things of God like church and worship and his word and scripture and fellowship has no effect on you because your mind is cut up on all the other things that don't even matter. Do you want to be a Christian that comes to Forward Fellowship and it has no effect on you? Do you want to be a Christian that sits down and reads the Bible and nothing happens, has no effect on you? Do you want to surround yourself with other believers and has no effect on you? You're in and out of church. You're in and out of Bible study. You're in and out of sermons. You're in and out of prayer. And it has no effect on you because the God that I serve, when you had an encounter with him, it affected you for the rest of your life. But see, so many Christians today have this relationship with Jesus that has no effect on them anymore. You sing songs of worship, but it has no effect on you. Forever he is glorified. Oh, you're singing. But it has no effect on you. Oh, you're hearing this message, but it has no effect on you. That's Martha's choice. She gets mad. Jesus, do something. Verse 41 and 42. Martha gets frustrated, but Jesus calls her out. Martha... She's so distracted, he has to call her twice. Martha, it didn't work. because, it, And it shows me that you can be hearing the word of God and still has done nothing. Because Jesus had to call her twice, meaning the first time it didn't work. But it didn't work because his words didn't have power. It didn't work because her ears didn't have power. She was so distracted. Martha! Martha! The Lord answered. You're worrying, you're upset. She's like, yeah. About many things, all these things. But only one thing is needed. Yeah, my dishes. No. And here's where Jesus just gives it to her. With the spiritual dagger. Mary. You know that Mary that, oh, I can't stand that name right now. Mary. Mary has chosen what is better. And it, it's not going to be taken away from her. You know what Jesus tells Martha? You're upset. See, Jesus understands your emotions. He understands your frustration. He understands your worry. He understands your upset. He understands your anger. He understands. He called it out. I know this is how you feel. And he tells her the solution. He says, Martha, the problem here is not Mary. The problem is you. The problem is you and me, not Mary. 
me give you a life point here. Because some of you are confused about what the root of the problem is. There is a difference between a problem and the root of a problem. A root is the source of strength that gives out to something else. So you can have problems all over your lives, but all these problems are only a result of a root problem. Now stay with me here. Here's your life principle number one. If you keep trying to fix a problem, that's not the root problem. You'll never fix the problem that actually is the problem. So you'll stay with the problem because the problem you think is a problem is not the problem when the problem is only a symptom of a deeper rooted problem. You're like, what? The problem is you! Oh, I get it. It's me. But you're trying to fix everything else. But if the root problem is you... It's never going to get fixed. So you're going to stay upset. You're going to stay frustrated. You're going to stay worried. You're going to stay angry. And worst of all, you're going to be like Martha. And it's never you. It's never your fault. You're never the problem. You're always the victim. And you're going to point out every direction that's wrong. So some of you are thinking, I know why I'm miserable. I know why I'm so frustrated. I know why I'm so angry. It's my job. I hate my job. It's my spouse. It's my marriage. It's my kids. It's my stress. It's the money. All the problems that I have. But what if Jesus looks at you right now and says, no, no, those are just problems. But what about if those problems are problems because there's a rooted problem you're ignoring? What if the problem is not your job, it's your attitude in the job? Root problem. What about if the problem is not your marriage or your spouse? The problem is selfishness. Root problem. What if the problem is not your children? It's your parenting. Root problem. What if your problem is not your stress, but the root problem is your time management and your inability to say no to people? And what if the problem is not your money problem, but your lack of saving and discipline? You see, until you get down to the root issue of why you have your problems, Jesus can do nothing for you. And you'll be just like Martha. Martha asked Jesus to correct Mary, did she not? And if you're not careful, you're so blinded to the root problem that you're going to be praying and asking Jesus for the wrong things. You're going to be asking him to correct something that's not wrong. You're going to be asking Jesus to fix something when you're the one that needs to fix it. When the problem is the root problem, no other problems will get fixed until you get down to the root. And Jesus tells Martha, the problem here is you with me. You're praying for the Lord to correct something in your life. But what about that very thing you're asking God to change can change when you change? When you take the initiative. But it's just easier like Martha to blame others, isn't it? It's easier to just put it on someone else because that's our human sinful nature. The very minute sin came into that world is the first time we see the husband blame the wife. After sin came blame. Blame is so demonic because it takes you away and distracts you from the root of the problem. So the devil wants you to blame everything and everyone to get your eyes off the root issue. You. Jesus looks at Martha. In verse 40 he says, the problem is you and me. He said, Martha, let me tell you what's wrong with you. Martha is distracted. 
by all these preparations that had to be made. He's distracted. That word distracted in the Greek literally means to pull you away. You know what's crazy about this? She's physically in the presence of Jesus, yet emotionally and spiritually and mentally, she's pulled away. That might be you today. You're physically in church, but you can be so pulled away from it. You're physically in the word of God, physically looking at the words in red, and you're pulled away from it. You're physically praying and pulled away from it. You can be physically doing something spiritually and still spiritually be pulled away from it. And even though she was in the presence with Jesus, Martha was so pulled away. I wonder today what's pulling you away from Jesus. Jesus tells her the biggest problem here, Martha, is that you have chosen to pull yourself away to things that are not as important as right now with me. And that could be your daily life right now. Every day something or someone is trying to pull you away. And they remind you, we need you, we need you, you're so important, you got to be here. And you let yourself be used, and you let yourself be pulled. And all this time, you're pulling yourself away from God. Jesus looks at Martha and says, listen, the problem here is you and me, our relationship. You're distracted. You're pulled away from me. You're being pulled away from all these things. See, let me just tell you something. When I read that, I realized, man, Lord, you're so right. Most of the problems in your life, maybe it's anger. Maybe it's anxiety. Hidden sin, depression, addiction, insecurity, lack of self-control, financial, whatever it is. Most of the problems you have in your life... I believe Jesus said here to Martha, most of all the problems you have right now can be fixed if you would first fix your relationship with me. You're pulled away right now. What if Jesus is telling you this morning that marriage you think is a problem can be fixed when you fix the greatest relationship you have that's with me? Those kids you think it's their problem can be, man, I can change that when you fix your relationship with me. I'm convinced that most of the problems in your life can be fixed when you fix your relationship with Jesus. I read this Bible through and through, all the time. And there's a pattern that I see. Anytime in the Bible, someone, godly, allow themselves to be pulled away from God, whether by sin or immorality, distraction, whatever. Any godly man or woman in the Bible that allow themselves to be pulled away, their lives fell apart. And any person in Scripture that repented and pulled themselves back together with Jesus or with the Lord in the Old Testament, let me tell you something. Their lives got pulled back together again. Why? Because the root and the foundation of your life is that relationship you have with Jesus Christ. And it's no wonder the devil wants to pull you away from that. But all day long, it's hard for you to focus on Jesus. Because he feels like the minute you wake up, all these things, like Martha, all these, how many of you have all these things pulling away at you? It's your job calling. Your kids won't ever give you five minutes in the bathroom. Mom, 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 they're pulling you away. 
It's all these things pulling. I got to do this. I got to do that. Some of you feel so important because you look at that little schedule. I have so much. Let me pencil you in. I'm so busy. But you don't realize that that busyness you're so proud of is tearing you apart. Because Martha is so distracted, but here's where the devil gets you. She's distracted by good things that aren't even sin. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. The Bible doesn't say she was distracted by, I don't know, idolatry. It doesn't say she was distracted by drugs and alcohol and men like, you know, Mary Magdalene there. I don't know. It doesn't say any of that. She was distracted and torn apart by cleaning a house and preparing food. Something nice and good. You know that it's all those nice and good things that are pulling you away from God? Well, well, but it's not a sin. It may not be a sin, but it's become a God, and now it's a sin. It's the, the nice and good and sinless things. It's your job. Nothing wrong and sinful about a job. You need a job, but your job is pulling you away. It's your kids. There's something sinful about them. Yes, I guarantee it. But listen, it's good that you want to be there for them and raise them and love them and be at their becking call. But you're so focused on your kids, it's distracting you from God. You're distracted by all these things you got to do, all these things that aren't even sin. It's social media. It's media. It's television. It's movies. It's Netflix. It's this. It's that. All these things. Ain't nothing wrong with it, Pastor. It's not a sin. But it's pulling you away. Pulling you away from God. And it seems like your life is now like Mary. She's peaceful. Martha. She's like, God, all, all these things. It's the things. It's all the things I have to do that keep me from the moment with you. Some of you relate to Martha because the second you try to pray, the thing shows up. Some of you, the thing is here right now. What am I going to eat for lunch? That's the thing. Should I do laundry today or take the day off? That's your thing. Come on. You're thinking, oh, I got to do this on Monday. I got to meet with this person on Tuesday. I hope the pastor hurries up. I got a thing to do. It's the thing. Someone say, wait, tell your neighbor, right? It's the things. Just pulling you away. But you got to stay in step with Jesus. Stay focused. Where's Chris at? Chris, where you at? Here, Chris, come up here. Give it up for Chris. I'm Chris. Chris, man. Awesome guy. Chris. Chris has an amazing gift. Let me show you. Show him your gift. Four years old, he discovered this gift. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Glory to God. He gives that gift. Glory to God. Let me tell you something about that gift. That gift was not taught. That's a God-given gift that this boy at the age of four discovered that if he can just hear the sound of a rhythm, his body has the ability, his mind to pick it up in seconds and just repeat it. You give Chris anything and he'll mimic it just by a pattern. Takes him one second. I just got to hear a few clicks. Got it. Stays in rhythm. What if Jesus says, listen, this is our relationship. It's a rhythm. Let me, let me prove to you Galatians 5, 22 through 23. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Come on, do it with me. Love, joy, 
peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Let me ask you this question. How much better would your life be if you had more love, more joy, more peace, more patience, your more kindness, more goodness, more faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? How would your life just be amazing right now? Can I get a witness today? Right? But let me tell you, you're saying, Pastor, I... I I want that. If I had all those fruit, I would, my life would change. But look at this in verse 25. It says, since we live by the Spirit, that same Spirit that gives you all that fruit, let us keep in what? In step. In step. Come on, in step means rhythm. Rhythm. Keep in step with me. Come on. Keep walking with me. Keep in step with me. So if, if you focus on Jesus and you focus on his word and you focus in church and you focus in worship and you focus in your devotional life and you focus on Jesus, it will be amazing what the Lord can do in your life when he's your focus. Stay in step with him. But what if all the noise This is what your head sounds like. There's traffic, there's work, there's kids, there's marriage, there's gym, there's hobbies. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. I got to do that. And this is calling me. This is calling me. And you're doing all these things and you drown out the noise. You're so distracted. You can't focus. Keep in step with Jesus anymore. Metronomes like this are designed to help you stay in rhythm, in step, and steady. If your life doesn't feel steady, and everything's pulling you apart, and you've lost your joy, you've lost your peace, you've lost that happiness you used to have just reading one scripture in the morning. If it feels like what I'm saying to you is just words and God no longer touches you, it's because like Martha, the things have drowned out the step, the rhythm you once had with Jesus. Everything else is just pulling you away. That you can't remember the last time you really prayed on your knees. You, you can't remember the last time you wept before Jesus. You, you can't remember the last time you felt him at your feet. You felt him in his word. You just felt it, that you were speechless, that you just loved that feeling that you knew that Jesus was right there with you. But then all these things just started coming. And even though the rhythm is there, it never stops. Jesus will always be with you, and he's always there. But the Bible says he comes like a whisper. And it's hard to hear the whisper when everything else is louder. Have you made this world louder than Jesus? Have you made the things of your daily routine louder than the Holy Spirit? That you can't even take the time to say no to someone because I'm going to spend time with the Lord this morning. You are distracted. And it's impossible for you to keep in step with the Spirit of God. You've lost your rhythm. Some of you have lost your rhythm. You've lost it. But I believe that the Lord put this word in my heart this morning. Someone can get their rhythm back. Because maybe, you know, Jesus says, keep in step with me. But I know that I'm preaching to someone here, listening somewhere around the world online right now. 
Thank God. Somewhere between me getting saved and now, I've lost my step. That's what it means to stumble, to lose your step. And when you stumble, you get hurt. When you stumble, you get dirty. When you stumble, you feel pain. Could it be that your life now is hurting and you're in pain and you're a mess because you've lost your step and rhythm with Jesus you once had? You've lost it with good things. I'm not talking about sin. That's a whole other series. I'm talking about good things. I'm talking about your job, your hobbies, your kids, your responsibilities, your relationships, your media, all those things that are not a sin in your life, but they've, for some reason, are pulling you more away from Jesus. And Jesus tells Martha what he's telling us. There are obvious signs. So I want to close with this. There are obvious signs. You've been pulled away. Because you know what's the hard part about Martha? The whole time she had no idea she was distracted. The whole time she thought she was in the right, not the wrong. And some of you might think, oh, my relationship with Jesus is fine. I go to church, I pray, I serve, I tithe, I do that. My question is, I'm not asking you what you do. Because you do a lot, like Martha, you're doing a lot of spiritual things. But have you lost your step? You lost your rhythm? Pulled away by the world? Pulled away by distractions? Pulled away by sin? Pulled away by the wrong relationship? He's not the one. He's just pulling you away from God. Pulled away. Here are the three signs. Simple. It's so simple. When I read it, I feel so dumb. You ever feel like that? Like, how did I miss it? looks at Martha and says, Martha, here's the root problem. You're distracted. Root. Say it with me. Root. Distracted. And here's the problem because of that root problem. That's a sign of the root issue. You're worried. You know that if you're living your life with constant anxiety, you've missed your step and rhythm with God. If anxiety and fear and worry dominate your thinking, your relationship with Christ is weak. Because when you're in the presence of the Lord and you're in step with Him, all fear is gone. There is a confidence about it. I know when someone's been with Jesus, they're walking with a step of confidence. But if there is a Christian like, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And what if? Don't tell me you're in step with Jesus when you're always having these panic attacks and you're always worried and mad. And oh my gosh, what am I going to do? The Spirit of God will cast out all fears. And if you're living with fear, you're not in step with the Spirit of God. You're distracted. Is that you today? He says, you're worried. That's sign number one. Sign number two, you're upset. And I'm not talking about upset because, you know, someone did something and you go, oh, that was upsetting. No, 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 no. I'm talking about when you're in a upset, like, a, like in a rhythm. You're just always mad lately. Some of you are so mad, you don't know why you're mad. That's how far away from God you are. Why are you mad? I don't know. You're just snapping all the time at people. You're negative all the time. Fault finding. Shouting. Why are you shouting? I don't know. Just mad right now. I don't feel. You know why that is? It's because your relationship with Jesus has been pulled apart. Because in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. And if you've lost your joy because you're upset all the time, it's because you're no longer in the presence of God. It's that simple. You find yourself worried all the time and upset all the time. Don't try to lie to yourself and say, oh, I'm in step with Jesus. You're worried. 
you're upset. And the biggest sign of all, she was in the presence of Jesus doing nice things, but it had no effect on her. If you're in the house of God, you're hearing messages, you're singing worship songs, but after you leave this service, you're going to go back to your life like nothing happened, no impact at all. I believe sometimes it can be a pastor's fault. It can be a church's fault. There's some bad ones out there. I'm not convinced of that one here. And it just doesn't hit you. It's because maybe you're so distracted. And if you're worried, upset, and the things of God don't distract you, you better run to this altar today. Because you're in trouble. Because Martha teaches me one thing. She was with Jesus, but she got nothing out of Jesus. So you can be with Jesus and get nothing out of him. Just another church service, just another Bible study, just another prayer, just another devotional, just another podcast, just another sermon, just another scripture, just, just another. But if you want to get the most out of Jesus, you have to put the most into him first. If you want to get the most out of Jesus, you first have to put the most into Jesus. But Martha was not doing that because she was putting her most into other things that weren't important. You're here right now. You're saying, oh man. Okay, God, I feel it. There's something weird happening. Yeah, it's called conviction. You'll get used to it in this church. (laughs) You know what the devil tells you right now? Being a devil like this, I already know his, his strategy every Sunday. Like this. He's telling you right now. You're just going to pray a little prayer and go up to the altar, but you'll be back. You're not going to change. Oh, you're going to shed tears, but by lunchtime, maybe dinner. It was a good sermon. So by dinner time, you'll be back distracted. Oh, yeah, you'll be back in that sin. You'll be back. That distraction, you'll be back. I'll pull you away again. Come on, go ahead. Go to the altar. Pray. Go ahead. I'll pull you away again. And then there's the other person. That inside your heart right now, I'm about to give an altar call. And and, and in your mind, you're saying, man, I I don't think I can go up there because I've been so far from God. And pastor, you don't know how far I've gone, the things I've done. I'm so ashamed of because I've been pulled away by the lies and the distractions of this world. I don't think I could ever go back. I lost it. Then there are you right now. Some of you are like, I'm ready. I'm I'm the minute he says it, I'm going. I'm done with this. I want my relationship with Jesus again. Let me explain something to you. This is what you might be looking like right now. At one time, relationship was like pure. But then, somehow, all these little things, little distractions, your job, your kids, I'm stressed, so I just need some distractions now. I need some entertainment. Busy. Busy. Oh, man, am I busy. All these things. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to be quiet. My quiet time is not quiet at all. What is that quiet time? And I come to church and this is what I look like. I have all these important things. But it feels like lately in my life, I just can't see clearly anymore. I, I, I can't see. I'm, I'm confused all the time. I'm anxious all the time. I'm, I just can't. It's, it's not clear. And it, it's because Jesus is saying, yeah, because there's things that have contaminated and have come between us. 
Some of those things are good, not sinful at all. But you choose it over me all the time. If you would spend the time with me, you do on that thing, your life would be so different. But you drown me out every day. Every morning I wake you up earlier because I want to talk to you, but you hit that snooze button. Every evening I give you that natural desire to spend time in my word, but then your favorite show comes on. And I cry for your attention. I want to be, I, I want you to like Mary, I want, to, I want you to be in my feet again, but it seems like every time you are, your mind goes to all the things and problems that you have. And Jesus like, I miss the old you that used to run at my feet, couldn't put the Bible down. The old you that looked foolish worshiping, you can't even keep rhythm, but you didn't care. You sang your favorite worship song. And that laughter and that joy you once had. And how nice you used to be to others, but lately you've just been so mean. Why? You have such an attitude. So negative. And the devil says, look at you. You remember how pure you were? Look at you now. You call yourself a Christian? You should give up on church. You should give up on... Why are you going to read the Bible? You know you don't understand it. Go back to your distraction. I'm going to pull you away for a little bit. You'll never change. This is what God does. Come back. Come back. Say, Lord, I can't see clearly. All Mary had to do, Mary, sit at the feet of Jesus. She didn't have to do nothing. She didn't have to say nothing. She just had to come to Jesus. And Jesus was the one doing all the talking. Now stay with me. Because maybe right now your life is full of distractions. You're in this phase of distraction. need to do is just come back to the Lord and allow Jesus to pour himself to you again. Get back to the word of God. Get back to worship. Come back to church. Get back to that thing you used to do when you felt you were on the highest mountain with God and let him pour himself into you. Because this is what happens. You're like, oh no, it didn't change. I know it wasn't going to change. Because there's a lie that the church preaches. I think maybe I'm guilty of preaching this sometimes, and I apologize. That I make it sound easy for you to come to Jesus and like your whole life is instantly going to change. Oh, you mean I come to that altar and all this anger and addiction and depression and everything's just going to wash away right now, just be gone. No. But the more you allow God to just pour into you and keep pouring and keep pouring. Oh, no, but I'm not the same. Yeah, but it's better, isn't it? But you got to keep pouring. Keep, keep letting Jesus just spend time in his word. Have a prayer time. Come to church. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Come on, keep doing it. Let me pour into you. And as I pour into you, in time, not right away, but in time, that thing's going to go away. You're going to see clearly again that depression, that anxiety, that anger just leaves. Not right away, but the more I pour into you, the more that bad thing comes out of you. But you have to be willing to get back in my feet and let go of all those things that may be important, but they're not the most important in comparison to who is the most important. That's Jesus. That's what your life can look like. In months, some of you are so bad, it'll be a few years. But you know what? As you keep in step with him, you keep coming to church, you keep reading that Bible, 
you keep fellowshipping with other Christians, those bad things begun, just begin to get out of you. Because it's a rhythm thing. It's not an instant thing. Jesus is not in. Salvation is instant. That's it. Everything else is a rhythm. Rhythm. You got to quiet your life down. Be quiet right now, everyone. Be quiet. Quiet the noise so you can hear. Jesus is trying to put you in step with. Let's all stand to our feet. With every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to invite you to this altar today. I want to pray with you real quick. Because all these things are in your life right now. You're distracted. So as I pray for you, you come to this altar right now. This is you. I'm not embarrassed. You. And you just fall at your feet with Jesus. Say, Lord, I want to come back to your feet. I'm distracted. Lost. I don't see clearly. God bless you. All these things in my life I've put before you. And I've lost my step. Don't you let the devil hold you back. I don't care if you're a leader in this church. You be honest with God. I am not in step. I have lost my rhythm. I am not who I used to be. There's no shame. We're all a bunch of saved people in this church. But man, some of us, maybe all of us, we have lost our rhythm. We have lost our step. You can get it back. It's not instant. It's not right away. I'm going to pray for you. It's not going to happen. Maybe it will. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. But for some of you here today, it's going to take time to get back into the feet of Jesus. Let him pour back into you one day at a time, one Monday at a time, one Tuesday at a time, one minute at a time, five minutes at a time, ten minutes at a time, one hour at a time, seven hours at a time. You get better and better and better when you get in step and step and step and rhythm and rhythm and rhythm with Jesus. It's a process. But you've been pulled away right now. You pray this from your heart. You pray what's in your heart right now. I'm going to give you a minute of silence there. And you tell the Lord what's going on. Tell him what's pulling you away. What's distracting you. And you fall at his feet today. And if you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. He died so that you can keep in step with him. And in him there's salvation. He is the only way to God the Father. And if you want to give your life to Jesus today, I'm going to lead you in this prayer as well, but you come to this altar because your life may not be clear right now. Your life may be a mess right now, but don't you let that devil pull you away another day. This is the day of salvation, the Bible says. If you're backslidden, if you've wandered from the faith, the Lord loves you. You're listening online right now and it's not a coincidence because you are far from God. You get back on your knees. You repent of your sins and even the things that aren't sin repent of because they have distracted you. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe these are your children. I believe like Martha, these men and women love you, believe in you, but lately they're frustrated. Anger has gotten the best of them. Distraction has them. They're being pulled away. Father, these are people that miss you but feel they can't go back. So, Father, as they come back to the feet of Jesus, as they come back to your feet, I pray that you pour into them again so that in time they become better and in step with you and wash away and remove all those hindrances that are keeping them from the life you died for them to have. You pray right now to the Lord and confess your distraction. Confess what's pulling you away. Repent of that and just tell the Lord, 
I know better. Jesus, I'm coming back to your feet. Pour into me again. Father, thank you for this message. As we leave church now, the things are waiting for us. And Father, those things want us. They want our time. They want our devotion. They want our love and our attention. Father, help us to put you first above all things. Father, for every person that's not even in this church and hasn't even heard this message because they're so far gone, you know where they're at. Bring them back. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you all. God bless you all. Have a great week. I'll see you next Sunday. Keep in step. Keep in rhythm.